You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. Happy New Year. It is episode 143. You're on January the 10th, 2018. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Here to talk about everything that's gone on in the world of wrestling very quickly. Uh, we have some time constraints this week, lol. So uh, we're going to hit on uh, some New Japan, some Raw, some SmackDown, some Mixed Match Challenge I guess let's go uh, chronologically here. Wrestle Kingdom was the big show of last week, and it's still probably the most newsworthy thing that's happened in wrestling so far this year. Um, Wrestle Kingdom 12. Did you get a chance to see the show, Liam? And what did you think of it? Uh, I did. I plopped down my money, got New Japan World for the first time. Uh, really enjoyed the show. It was uh, It was fun. It's long. I mean, five hours is five hours, no matter what company's putting on the show. Um, but it is uh, all of the matches being different, and you don't get the feeling that you're watching kind of the same stuff over and over again, as tends to be the uh, the sometimes the issue with the long WWE shows. Um, it felt more like a, like a longer NXT show to me. Um, where you get a lot of it's it's a, it's a long show, but pretty much everything you saw was good, and everything you saw was pretty different from stuff that came before it. So, yeah, I, I have no big complaints. What about you? You, uh, I believe, stayed up and watched it live. Uh, you were doing coverage for Figure Four Online. Is that correct? That's correct. I was on the live play-by-play for WrestlingObserver dot com. Uh, you know, if you dream small, your dreams can come true, and uh, it's <laughs> something something of a dream come true for me writing over at WrestlingObserver.com to begin with, and then being put on the live play-by-play. Like, before, you know, I've been reading Dave's live play-by-play of shows for, you know, well over 10 years. So that was that was kind of a kick for me to do that. And, yeah, it was a task. Um, tough staying up all night. Uh, I was up for was up for 30 hours or something. Mm-hmm. And, but... Um, the undercard stuff on the show was the undercard stuff and was pretty quick. And then, as you mentioned, all the big matches, <laughs> all the big matches were, uh-huh. they were different. And um, everything ranged from good to great, uh, with the exception of the Suzuki uh, Goto match, which I took some heat for, actually, for posting that, uh, I guess... <laughs> I guess I put a little bit too much opinion uh, in the live play-by-play. It's always a, a delicate balance because this is pro wrestling. <laughs> this is pro- <laughs> the drunk Brit makes his first podcast DBG. appearance. <laughs> oh man, the drunk British guy. Um, yeah, delicate balance of of news and play-by and uh, opinion there. I guess when you're on the play-by-play, and maybe I should have aired more on the news side, but. Uh, every editor I've ever worked for has always urged me to put more opinion in the things that I write. And I did. And I didn't like the hard slaps to the face in that match. And I see it virtually every week. I see it on Raw. I see it on SmackDown. We need to start calling it out, I think. And um, aside from that, 
I thought it was great. What you think of a decision um, to keep the title on Okada? It kind of felt like they were building to Naito's big coronation, and Okada just kept the title. Yeah, uh, I've seen that opinion a lot. Um, to me, and again, I watch the big shows in New Japan. I'm not an, an every month watcher, or at least I haven't been. So other people may be able to speak to this better than I can. But for my opinion, their point right now is to get across that uh, Kazuchika Okada is their Hulk Hogan. He's their Bruno. He's their Steve Austin, John Cena, whatever. He's the best wrestler in the world. He And so they're just going to feed guys to him forever for the foreseeable future. Now... An issue with that is that there are New Japan kind of keeps that upper echelon small. It's it's been the same four to five guys in those top spots for years now. Um, Omega is kind of the newest guy in that group, um, and he's already faced Okada a few times last year, obviously. So I can the only problem and similar in the <laughs> this is probably the only time these two will ever be uh, compared. But uh, similar to the Alexa Bliss thing on Raw, it's it's fine <laughs> to to book a strong champion and you have your champion go over clean constantly. But when you only have a few top guys, I do wonder if they're going to just run into the, that issue where they feel like they're going to have to take the title off of Okada. Um, but I, I mean, to me, maybe they just think they can hold off one more year and they can kind of make the Naito story even sweeter. Uh, not not all that different from what they did with Okada and Tanahashi, where there was, a, I think, two straight Wrestle Kingdoms where uh, Okada and Tanahashi main evented, or was it three? Uh, I'm not, probably not the best person to quiz on, on history here. Okay, well, the point being, they, they did a long-term storyline in New Japan where Okada could not beat Hiroshi Tanahashi. Specifically, he could not beat him at Wrestle Kingdom for the world title. And then finally, a couple of years ago, uh, he finally did. I believe Wrestle Kingdom ten, uh, he Okada finally beat him. So I could see them kind of setting up a long term storyline here, where uh, you know Naito might Naito just can't beat Okada on the grandest stage. And I could see them possibly going right back to this match next year. But uh, what did you think of the decision to keep the belt? Was uh, there is something to be said? I think, uh, and you can speak to this for you know the right time is the right time. And sometimes it, it's not about waiting to the biggest show or sometimes it's just when you got to strike when the iron is hot. Uh, do you think they missed an opportunity here? It's difficult. It's difficult because we're not comparing apples to apples. If it were WWE and you had 52 weeks of weekly television to fill, then I would say, well, yeah, it's time to freshen it up a little bit. But when you only have like six really big shows a year and, you know, Okada, if he, um, Defends the title like three more times, he'll be, be at 12 or 13 title defenses, which will be the most in the history of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So it's a little bit of a different, you know, it's it's not apples to apples, but at, to your point, yeah, there is, I think the right time's the right time. Sure felt like it's the right time for Nitel. And to your point about kind of needing to freshen up the, you know, freshen up the top of the card there. They've been running with Pat Hand for a while, and we saw with WCW what running with Pat Hand for too long will do. Now, there aren't the same political issues there, probably not anyway. You know, Okada's manager is the booker, but um, 
Right. It's not not the same kind of of political issues. And I don't fear, you know, it's not going to tank business or anything, but it sure felt like it was the right time to me. And to your point about needing fresh blood, they're going with Okada and Sonata as the main event of the next show. Um, I guess the new beginning show at the end of uh, January, the it's a three night thing, two nights in January, one night in February, but Sonata is the next title defense. And Sonata is great. I got no issues with Sonata getting a high-profile match. He's really great. Most of those guys there are. Um, but he's just he doesn't feel like a world title contender. I mean, he just won the tag titles with, with Evo. But just just doesn't feel like an IWGP title match to me. Now, Okada went through last year and um, had all kinds of great world title matches with all kinds of different opponents. And I have no doubt that it'll be great, but yeah, I th- I think I would have put it on Naito, but we can debate this stuff, and uh, and that makes it fun. And uh, Tanahashi winning against Jay White didn't make a lot of sense to me. It felt like up and down the card from with Okada and with Tanahashi there, they're saying, okay, we're going to go at least one more year of kind of holding our cards and not and not shaking things up too much. And Tanahashi's 40 and has uh, a bum arm and a bum knee and was pretty physically limited in his match with Jay White. And I'm not a huge Jay White fan or anything. Um, he hasn't impressed me in what little I've seen of him in New Japan uh, or Ring of Honor for that matter. Uh, I just don't see, he just lacks some kind of thing. So I'm not advocating necessarily for Jay White beating Tanahashi not specifically for Jay White to beat Tanahashi, but if not now, I mean, why'd you put Jay White in the match only to beat him? Like, it felt like, that's another one, that it felt like Tanahashi should have lost to Jay White, and they didn't do that either. So, I don't know. They're running a very a very successful business, and I'm sitting here blabbing about it on a podcast, so what do I know? But, I don't know. I, I would have, yeah, I would have done both of those, uh, both of those differently. Chris Jericho, is going to work with Naito going forward, it looks like. I'm not sure how frequently Jericho's going to be in New Japan this year, but it sure seems like this was not just a one-and-done. What do you think of the Omega match with Jericho, and what do you think about Jericho kind of sticking around there? Uh, I thought the, the match with Jericho and Omega was great. Uh, it was, it's, I think, Jericho easily Jericho's best match in probably at least five years. Um, he, he, it was great. It was exactly what it should have been. Um, it felt like a fight, and there was brawl. It was brawling and chaotic, and uh, obviously they got to use blood, which helped to enhance the match. And they really, they really did a great job of of telling that story. Of Jericho is now reinvented himself again. He's some sort of a Brody esque crazed brawler now, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, not something I thought I would see in uh, in 2018, but here he is, and he's pulling it off. He was a great, great heel. I mean, the fan, it's funny because almost every angle that he's been involved in, it starts with the people chanting Y2J for him, and then by the end of the segment, they're booing him and cheering whoever he's uh, you know standing across the ring from. So 
I think he helped make Omega a bigger star, and I think he'll help. I mean, Naito's already a giant star in Japan, but as far as helping Naito uh, get over more with perhaps the North American audience, uh, that that's a that's a huge thing for Naito, I think, and it's and it's a cool thing for Jericho. I'm I'm excited to see him uh, stick around. As much as I've enjoyed his uh, his character work in WWE. Uh, for the last couple of years, it is it is refreshing and interesting to see him go in a different go a different route and and go for a more physical, interesting character and a more you know a character that's more focused on the in ring and the and the physical action of wrestling versus doing some of the more comedic or some of the more character driven stuff he's been doing. Less well, New Japan talk. Let's get into Raw and SmackDown here, and then we'll end on some mixed match challenge because that's probably actually the most positive talk we're going to have on this show is the mixed match challenge stuff, aside from uh, me burying the name of it. <laughs> but uh, Raw and SmackDown. Oh, man, Monday Night Raw. Okay, so it started. Uh, have I mentioned that I'm uh, kind of a fan of Sasha Banks before? What? Have I, have I, ever, what? Have I ever mentioned that? Um, so look, I understand Michael Cole has a job to do here, but raw, the first match on raw was Bailey and Sasha against, um, uh, Dar- Daria and, uh, Mandy. Sure. And, and, uh, the heels spent, I would say conservatively 90 minutes working over Sasha's back and abs and, uh, by the way, I think she's the only babyface wrestler in the company that learned the lesson of babyface selling from Ricky Steamboat, where you never take more than like three moves in a row without at least getting a hope spot. Otherwise, the crowd dies. It's like it's it's really good selling, but nobody in the company does it. They just die. It's like every Roman Reigns main event where just he sells for like twenty minutes at a time and and then makes his big comeback without ever getting a hope spot in. Uh-huh. Uh, so she really knows how to sell. And they're out there, and the match is, eh, I don't know. Uh, saw Sasha out there calling spots. I haven't never saw her call spots before, and then the last two times I've seen her work on TV, I've seen her calling spots. But uh, and, and the so this match is going on, and they're telling a really simple story. They she's had uh, storyline uh, back problems, and the heels are working over her back, and Michael Cole is talking about French fries. And he says mixed match challenge, which is a mouthful, like 14 times. And he spent the match talking about the Miz returning that night and Jason Jordan. And I'm just like, what are we doing here? We have three hours to sell all that other stuff. There's a match in the ring. It's going up against the national championship game in football, by the way. So you're probably going to get killed. And you're not you're not talking about what's going. What is good? That irked me. The commentary irked me so much this week, and I usually tune it out or try to apologize for Graves and Cole and Phillips. Uh, but I just couldn't this week. Did is this ringing any bells? Did did this register with you, or am I just harping on something because it was my favorite? I think you're the only one who paid attention to that match. <laughs> um, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's right, 
I'm not saying yes, the announcer should pay attention to what's in the ring because you're training again, you're training the audience to not care about the mid uh, why aren't any of these mid carders over? Well, you spent all of the mid card match time talking about the main event or main event angles and, and other angles and you know, stuff not involved in the segment that's happening in the ring. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean, man. I just I think I've seen three hundred combinations of Bailey and Becky or Bailey and Sasha and Mickey James against Absolution and I don't and it's just the same thing and we're probably gonna see it again next week and the week after and and they're, they're, everybody's just treading water and it's it's on the male side too. Everybody's kind of treading water until the Royal Rumble because everyone's storyline for the most part is gonna be in the Royal Rumble match unless you're in one of the title matches. So I think it's just they don't they're trying to promote the Rumble and they're trying to promote the Facebook show. And so they're not really uh, everything, almost everything that's happening in the mid card right now is is filler to an extent. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying it's what they should do. But I think I just they're just right now the feud, quote unquote, is Bailey and Sasha and friend against Paige and friends. And they're just going to get some combination of that every week. And it it won't matter. There won't be any real advancement in it until until the Royal Rumble, at least, is over. And we'll see that Stephanie video package about the women's Royal Rumble every week. Yeah. Yeah, let me just say that real quick. I know it sucks. All right, I know it sucks to see that, but we're going to see it every week on Raw and probably on SmackDown, and then we're going to see a five-minute video package on it at the Royal Rumble. And then every year going forward, when it comes time for the Royal Rumble pay-per-view and they announce the women's Royal Rumble match, we're going to see that video package again. And every year we're going to be reminded repeatedly, Stephanie McMahon has is the one that created this and what a great visionary stephanie is and if you can't handle that i understand no one's forcing you to watch it i just want everyone to understand this is what they're gonna do forever that's fair speaking of forever like finn bauer's t-shirt finn bauer's just a tweener now with the club guys remember about two years ago when they brought those guys in and everybody was excited at the prospect of doing a, a Ballard Club or WWE version of the, of the Bullet Club and they didn't do it and now two years later no one cares about any of those guys and they just did it. They did it because uh, conveniently on the week that New Japan got the most buzz that's ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, they, there was a whole lot of them talking about how without saying it in these words, we have the quote-unquote real or original Bullet Club on our show, and Corey Graves said, if Corey Graves said the words elite one more time during that main event, I was going to kill him. I was going <laughs> to I was gonna fly to whatever city we're always in, and I was going to kill him. And, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Get it? Because, you know, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody and all them are the elite. But he's saying that Finn Balor and Luke Gallows and them are elite. Get it? Do you get it, Ethan? Do you get what he's doing? I see. That's very striker-esque. I like Grace, but that, that's very striker-esque. Oh, that. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That was awful. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, they could have done this two years ago. They did, they put, 
Gallows and Anderson with AJ pretty much right away when, when they came in and turned AJ heel. Uh, and then they just did nothing. And obviously Finn got hurt, but Finn's been doing nothing since he got back. I mean, Finn got back the night after WrestleMania last year. And he's been doing, I mean, what has he done? He, he feuded with Bray Wyatt for, I don't know, seven years. Something like and, that, yeah. And, uh, and that's it. It's like they could have put them together at any time. And meanwhile, yeah, Gallows and Anderson have been doing nothing for for those for those several months as well. So yeah, I don't I don't know what took them so long, other than that now they're I guess they feel like they got to recoup some of the 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 buzz or the hype of the of the hardcore fans. So they're going to put the original Bullet Club uh, together on their show. But yeah, it's I mean whatever. It's it's better than what they have been doing. I'd rather see Balor with. You know, with his two buddies uh, getting wins and have Balor on his own losing to Kane or whatever, that's that's an improvement. But yeah, it's yeah, it's it it. Uh, I just I just got so mad at Corey Graves this week <laughs> for completely different reasons than you got at, mad at uh, Corey Graves this week. Last time I saw Gallows and Anderson live, they were literally wrestling with pumpkins on their heads. <laughs> <laughs> Along those lines, I'll be sixth row in a couple of weeks here for Brock Lesnar and Kane in a house show. (laughs) How bad are those tickets? I just want to mention, this is a little, uh, I don't know if this is interesting to the listener, but really, who cares? Um, They're doing a house show in our neck of the woods in uh, in Baltimore, and uh, Brock Lesnar was not originally scheduled to be on that show. The original main event was the Shield against Joe and Cesaro and Sheamus, I believe, and uh, with with Braun and Kane as the semi-main or the other announced match. And all of a sudden, about a month ago, they changed it, and all of a sudden Brock was there. And uh, I guess around the time Dean got hurt, and they lost their Shield main event. Um, how bad are ticket sales? Do you think that they're putting Brock on a on this house show? And I know he's probably going to be in the area because the Rumbles in Philly the next night. But they're using a Brock date that they obviously didn't plan on using originally for this for this Baltimore house show. I'm guessing I'm guessing ticket sales weren't going well. I don't know. Difficult to tell. Like I don't have any inside knowledge. Like it looked like, um, most of the cheap seats were sold when I went to buy tickets. But I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure it'll be a five minute match and it'll be terrible, and then I'll be sixth row. So. Yeah. It's great. Um, Miz and Jason Jordan were the other big things on Raw. I understood why they did what they did with the with the Miz. They wanted to make it seem like it was a big deal that he was coming back, even if he's not like a top guy. He's going to be on a television show in USA. They're like serving a couple of masters there. They kind of should treat it like a big deal when he comes back, even if it's just the Miz. Do you agree with that or no? I mean, sure. He's. <sighs> It's weird because uh, I yeah I like the Miz I like what he does, um, but like every time he I don't like when the Miz cuts serious I like comedy Miz like I like I like Miz as an entertaining as a showman I don't need him cutting when he tries to cut tough guy Mike promos on uh, on Roman Reigns talking about I'm coming for my title I'm like yeah that's that's not really my cup of tea but yeah as far as them promoting it and. And they're really trumpeting him getting some award from Rolling Stone magazine's uh, website, I guess. 
Um, but yeah, no, they should. They should. I they should treat more guys like that. And really, if you just look at the roster right now, I mean, Miz is. I mean, they don't really do baby faces and heels with their top guys. But it's, if we pretend they do, Miz is like their number two heel. I don't know. Like, I mean, Joe has kind of been positioned as the top guy against Roman, but now that he's lost, Miz is like one of their their very top heels. So. Uh, yeah, they should. They should absolutely promote him and and treat a guy coming back like that like a big deal. I I got no problem with that. And the Jason Jordan stuff, I change my mind from week to week on whether or not I think it's any good or not. Putting him with the shield and having him kind of be this clueless guy. I don't know if they're trying to recreate Kurt Angle from twenty years ago or eighteen years ago now, where he's like this. I don't know this. Mm, dumb, clueless guy. I don't know if that's exactly what they're doing or if it's eventually just going to be a full-blown heel thing. But I don't... This thing, it it clicks and then it doesn't click with me. Like, the, the promo at the start of the show did not click at all because, breaking news, Jason Jordan is not the comedic performer that Kurt Angle was. <laughs> uh, but then when they told the story in the main event match, although I thought the work was... Eh, I thought the match was like for what they wanted to accomplish. They, they accomplished it in pretty much the way that I would have done it. What do you think about this Jason Jordan stuff? Is it a wait and see? Uh, yeah. I'm not generally a fan of the tag tag champs who don't like each other. Don't get along story in general. Um, I'm just not a fan of that. So it's, it's not really working for me. It is. It does seem like they're kind of hemming and hawing about, whether or not this is a full turn or if they're just trying to make him into a more like lovable character because he's such a big goof. Um, it's, it sort of remains unclear at this point. Um, to me, I, I feel like they do this a lot with certain guys where they just say, oh, is he going to turn? 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 And it's like, you're just, just, I mean, I'm, I guess we'll probably get the, we'll figure out what they're doing by the finish they do in the tag title match, the Royal Rumble. That'll probably make it a little more clear as to to what exactly they're doing, but yeah, it's 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 not really worked for me. Like I said, I just I'm not a huge fan of the the tag champs who don't get along thing, and that's basically what they're doing with him and Seth and 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 whatever. It's just it's just not for me. Raw twenty five, the twenty fifth anniversary of Raw, is the big thing that they're promoting. In addition to the mixed match challenge. Everybody and their mother is coming back for this show, except Hogan and The Rock. Bruce Pritchard, Slaughter, of course, one of Vince's guys, uh-huh. <laughs> Slaughter. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm excited for Austin. The rest of the names, I feel like we see them all fairly often. Um, but uh, that should be Friend fun. of the show, Kevin Nash. Wait, what? <laughs> our mean, favorite wrestler? Our favorite wrestler, Kevin Nash. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Friend of the show, Mojo Rawley, beat Zack Ryder on SmackDown this week, and that smacked, or stacked, yeah, stacked SmackDown United States <laughs> title tournament. Yeah. That, <laughs> oh, good Lord. You look at that, you look at the brackets for that tournament, and you see some of the lack of depth on that show, and yet for some reason they can't do like a program with the bludgeon brothers and the Ascension, the bludgeon brothers laid the Ascension out in the angle last week. And then they squashed them in the match tonight. Like I'm not advocating for a big, the Ascension push, 
But if you're <laughs> if you're gonna put if you're gonna put them on television and put them in that spot, shouldn't you at least do a program? Like unless the Bludgeon Brothers are wrestling for the tag titles like next week, I don't know why you can't do a program with those two two teams. Now I'm here just rambling on about the Bludgeon Brothers and the Ascension when I wanted to be brief this week, but <laughs> I guess the other the other big SmackDown thing is the is Daniel Bryan turning heel, is Shane McMahon turning heel. The show is built around two non wrestlers feuding with each other, but not really feuding with each other. Are they just trying to ruin Daniel Bryan's marketability before he goes out on the indie scene by turning him heel? Are they trying to set Shane up for a big mania match? Do you care about anything that's going on in SmackDown right now? Uh not really. Um I I'd like I mean, what's the best case scenario? We've we've sort of talked about this off air over the last few weeks. What's the best case scenario for this feud that that uh, that Daniel Bryan magically gets cleared and his first match back is with uh, is with Super Shane and his and his concussion punches? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> like that sounds terrible. Like is that is that our best case scenario here? Because otherwise, yeah, it's it's just. The GMs are feuding, which it sucked last year when they did that with Stephanie and Mick Foley. And this obviously isn't quite to that level of horrible, but it's not it's not fun to watch AJ Styles and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and and all these other guys just sort of I mean, Nakamura and Orton and guys like that have just been kind of sitting in limbo for like months now because they're just sort of they don't have much for them to do. And the main storyline is is caught up in in all this stuff. You know, the world title program is is built around will Shane McMahon turn? Will will Daniel Bryan turn? Is there going to be a big swerve? What that's basically what we're buying the show, I guess, for the SmackDown side to see what the big swerve is. <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. Really sounds terrible, but the mixed match, mixed match challenge. Oh, I have to stop and think before I say that name. Five, and they made Michael Cole say it five hundred times on Raw this week. The mixed match challenge. You know how they named that? By the way, I bet anything that Facebook was like, "Well, what are those matches called when you have a man and a woman in them?" And they're like a mixed tag, and like. You can't call it mixed tag because you can tag people and stuff on Facebook. So, well, it'll be the mixed match challenge. <laughs> Facebook knows nothing. And they're like, cool, go with that. Uh-huh. Um. Anyway, some nice, some nice pairings. Uh, on, on the mixed match challenge, Natty and Nakamura, uh, Alexa and Braun for comedy purposes is okay. Um. My favorite male wrestler and favorite female wrestler will be teaming together, so I will have to watch more WWE product. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was designed to do that, and uh, I know we're, we are excited about the Sammy and Becky pairing. Uh, you alerted me that I needed to watch that video this week, and I did, and I was not disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, they did a really cute video where Sammy dresses up as a fan outside of uh, uh, one of the SmackDown venues and and removes a wig and beard like he's Gene Parmesan and uh, <laughs> and uh, reveals that it's actually Sammy Zayn and he's here to tell Becky that they're that he's going to be her her mixed match challenge partner. 
and uh and the best part of it is they're they're just talking back and forth and, and Becky goes, Oh, we can I can we can get the old Sammy back and and Sammy goes, Oh yeah, well, you know, I never changed and <laughs> uh and, and uh, but I can I can help you like reach your full potential and really teach you how to win. And it's like this really nice little subtle thing, and I hope they play into this. And I'm guessing I'll have to watch the show on Facebook to see if they do. Uh, with the basic idea is Becky is going. To, it's basically Return of the Jedi. Becky is going. Becky is Luke Skywalker, trying to turn Darth Vader back to the good side, and uh, Sammy is Darth Vader trying to turn uh, Becky uh, into a into a bad guy or into a person who will use underhanded tactics to win. So that could be a really fun little story, and I hope. So I hope they don't get like eliminated in the first round, um, because that's the team I'll be watching. Um, that's kind of how my, uh, uh, that's my enthusiasm for it will probably live and die with the Sammy and Becky pairing. Uh, some of the other ones you've got are Natalia and Nakamura. You've got uh, Alexa Bliss and Braun, which I guess could be funny. Um, and then you've got like Rude and Charlotte, which I guess is kind of the. It's weird to me that they're pointing out that they have two different Ric Flair parody acts on the same roster. <laughs> it's weird to me that they're just pointing that out, but uh, they are. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, to me, I think we talked about this a little bit. Uh, it had just been announced on one of our, on our last show of 2017. But it's it's one of those things, yeah, I'll probably watch the first week uh, like I did with 205 Live or like I did with uh, Main Event or Superstars or some of these other shows. And uh, whether or not they can keep my interest past the first week, uh, we'll have to wait and see. So Becky returned to television after doing that movie with The Miz and Shawn Michaels. The big three. The Miz, Shawn Michaels, uh-huh. Becky Lynch. <laughs> and uh, she somehow lost like 10 pounds and has abs. Okay. Roll Tide. Sure. I, I, we should end the show. All right. What? I don't. I don't. I don't know what you mean. You want me to accuse her of taking steroids? I'm sorry. No. No, not at all. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, I just don't know how you go on a movie set and lose weight. You noticeably lose weight and come back more cut. I mean, good for her. I mean, maybe because she's able to eat better and probably has a trainer and is doing a lot of choreography. I'm guessing there's fight scenes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, whatever it was, it's working for her. You know what I mean? Okay. I just... <laughs> All right. Um, I know you, you uh, got an advanced copy of a book that you wanted to talk about before we get out of here. Yes. Now that I've ruined our credibility... By talking, <laughs> by talking about how awesome Becky looks. Uh, please go ahead with a serious plug. Yeah, a uh, gentleman <laughs> on Twitter uh, sent me an advanced copy of his book. It's called Trump Mania, Vince McMahon, WWE, and the Making of America's 45th Presidents. It uh, examines the tricks Trump learned from pro wrestling and how he put them to work to become the president as well as his relationship with the McMahon family. Uh, the man's name is Lobby Margolin, who wrote the book. Uh, he was nice enough to send both of us an advanced copy. 
Uh, we'll be reading it over the next few weeks. Maybe we'll give an update then. But I uh, just want to say thanks to Lavi. You can uh, find out more information. His Twitter is at Lavi Marg, L-A-V-E-I-E-M-A-R-G. So if you're interested in finding out more about the author or more about the book, go ahead and look him up on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks to him for the the book. Look forward to giving, giving it a read. I'm a science major, and obviously I love pro wrestling, so this book might just be right up my alley. It sounds like it. Yeah, and if you stick around for the bonus content, sometimes, you know, we talk a little politics in, the, in our post-show banter. So lots of crossover there. And uh, we'll be checking that out. So that's, uh, I think that's it. You got anything else? Oh, we should, uh, we should definitely get out of here. All right. So until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the elite podcast network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. I'm okay. I'm getting over being sick. Oh, bad times. Yeah. Uh, flu, cold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fluy, cold stuff. I don't know. I could feel it. Uh, really starting on New Year's. Like I started getting a cough, and then uh, just got kind of progressive. Then I do what I always do, which is ignore it. And uh, wait until I'm proper sick about two days later when I you know can't. Sleep when I no longer am able to sleep or, you know, stand up. And then at that point I, I start figuring out I should probably get some medication or something. Um, Ugh. But I mean, once, uh, yeah, I just took like, you know, Dayquil and NyQuil and that stuff. And it, it, I'm, uh, I'm still a little sick now, but I'm, I'm a lot better now. I guess that's good. NyQuil is wonderful. It really is. <laughs> I, I took some just to sleep uh, on New Year's, and I uh, slept 
slept through uh <laughs> slept through the new the new year being uh, rung in for the first time <laughs> first time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. The fact I that I took the fact that I took a a triple dose is probably why. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll I'll hit the double dose uh, occasionally this week. I have. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. Like I was like, all right, how much of this can I take? Like without making myself sick, and they're like, don't right. exceed four, don't exceed four doses in 24 hours. And I'm like, right. well, let me leave the window open in case I need some more later tomorrow or something. But yeah. I'm gonna take three. <laughs> Well, my thought is always like, uh, or if I if I can space it out like an hour before I know I want to go to bed, I'll take the first shot, and then you know right before I'm about to go to sleep, you take the second one because then I feel like it's already started to work. But then the rest <laughs> of it'll help you stay asleep as the first stuff starts to work its way out of your system. Yeah, that is good thinking. Yeah, <laughs> you, ever yeah. see, you ever see that clip of Chris Berman talking about uh, Tylenol with codeine? No. Do, do- Dit dit dis. It's like uh, there's a bunch of uh, Chris Berman uh, videos floating around the internet from when I guess he did uh, the halftime show from Monday Night Football when it was on ABC from the ESPN Zone here in Baltimore when that was a thing, uh-huh. and apparently he you know pissed off some production people or something because they they leaked all this stuff and it's just him like hitting on makeup women and uh, <laughs> talking about how you know if, when you go to you go to uh he, he hoped always hoped to get one blue jays game a year because he could <laughs> go to he could go to toronto and i guess you can buy ty- tylenol with codeine over the counter up there <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> and, and I guess they're called, they're called two two twenty twos or something. But you're going dit dit dis. You're gonna need dit dit dis. It's I, I highly recommend it. But all right, fair enough. And that is the video, not Tylenol with coding, which I've never had. Yes, but. of course. Not. <laughs> all right, for legal, for legal reasons. reasons. <laughs> no, but I really haven't. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I got you. Sure. Sure. I got you. Make some phone calls tonight. Actually, <laughs> around 10. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about stupid wrestling. Please. 25 minutes. Please. Okay. <laughs> I'm begging myself more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> talk about... Oh, man. Well, all right. It's going to get creepy. All right. Let's go. It's it, it's never good when I'm, like, intentionally trying to be a perv. It's always, like, better when... <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm trying to say, <laughs> she looks incredible, <laughs> and it's just no. It's like why don't that's... you just say that then? It would be less <laughs> weird if you just did that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think you're overthinking this. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> don't overbook it now. All right, that's all. <laughs> it's gotta. It's gotta be uh, organic. You can't. Can't try to force. Exactly. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, bang bang <laughs> right I try to keep on keeping on 